Hey, everybody. This episode is a rebroadcast of one of my favorite interviews I've conducted so far on the show. I'll be mixing these best of episodes in with brand new interviews over the next few months. I encourage you to check them out if you're new to the show. And if you've been a longtime listener, side note, thank you. I encourage you to listen again, as you might just catch some insight you didn't before. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Sean. I've always been curious about the answers to life's big questions. I thought it would be cool to seek some of those answers through conversations with others on a similar path. My intention with these conversations is to inspire you to think bigger, to challenge what you believe to be possible. I'd like to invite you to think outside the lines. Hey, it's Sean, and I want to welcome you to the Think Outside the Lines podcast, where my objective is to bring you insightful conversations with thought leaders who are doing their part to make the world a better place. Now, I want to tell you about a couple of exciting things in the works. First up, I've just relaunched thinkoutsidethelines.com, which I'm pretty excited about since I now offer virtual coaching, which gives me the opportunity to connect with and mentor people all over the world. And you can also learn more about me, about the podcast. We've also got some other cool stuff in the works over there, so be sure to head over and check it out. And if you aren't already, please follow me on Instagram. You can do that at Think Outside the Lines. It helps you stay up to date with all the latest guests and everything related to the show. And lastly, I'd love if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. I've got some amazing guests coming up, and the best way for new listeners to discover the show is for Apple to promote it. And they do this when a show receives great reviews in addition to streams and downloads. I want to thank you so much for your support. I'm super grateful to everyone who listens, and I'm excited to bring you some great content in the future. My guest today is here for her second appearance on the show. She was one of my very first guests, and the wisdom she shared really resonated with listeners. Today, she's back to share her top tips for cultivating a healthy mind, body, and spirit. We've got some great stuff for you in this episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. It's time to think outside the lines, again, with Wilma Wong. Excited, I am actually. It's, okay, good. It's, it's fun. All right, welcome back to the show, Wilma Wong. Uh, I'm so excited to chat with you again today. Now, our last conversation was very insightful, and I've received lots of messages from people saying that it helped them. And I know that that's your mission on this planet, just it is, just as it is mine. So, thank you for your contribution. Well, thank you. Um, now, you're back today to share some of your top tips for cultivating a healthy mind, body, and spirit. And I'm really excited for these tips because I think that we live in a world today where you're starting to see more and more people craving this sort of information, but they're often unsure of how to obtain it. And we're going to give it to them all in one place. So I want to dive in, but for those who may have missed your previous episode, uh, why don't you give us some brief insight into your background and tell us what you believe to be the message you were brought here to share with the world. Yeah, well, my background is, I used to be in the movie business and and then... Um, when my son was uh, being conceived on a movie, it was called Pleasantville. In fact, actually, my son just graduated, and I just have to tell you this story because um, <clears throat> it's just really amazing. So when I was on that show, my first day, uh, we worked from like 6 a.m. to 2.30 in the morning. And uh, within 15 minutes, my camera assistant, who I was just loving, and he had just young kids and I was admiring him and wanted to get to know him, wanted to mentor him. He died 15 minutes later after we left the set. Oh my goodness. And yeah. And 
Yesterday, uh, my son and the cinematographer's son graduated from the same high school, and they were both uh, the miracle babies that came out of that um, sort of tragedy of Brent Hirschman dying um, from lurk- working too long of an hour uh, in in the movie industry. And but but it was so touching to be seeing these two kids who who by chance came together. I didn't even know he was at the school and I didn't even know there was another kid that had been born to the DP. Uh, and here he is. And there they were, um, graduating together. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That is a crazy story. Oh my goodness. Right? Through tragedy comes miracles and we don't always know where they're coming from. So, uh, yeah. And that sort of gave me a different perspective on life. Because you never know when you're going to go. And so, but, you know, tragedy and miracle both happening, not simultaneously, but very much in the same time period. And uh, it started me thinking about what what is work all about and, and how much we spend our time and where are our values and where we go with our lives. And uh, slowly but slowly, I got into healing. And what I learned in healing is that, and I studied with many, many masters, and what you learn from healing is healing is not just the physical stuff. It's, it's mind, body, spirit. Absolutely. And how we go about it are, are oftentimes the small little things that we do in life. And so I'm just going to start in on some of the seven tips of cultivating a healthy mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, let's go for it. <clears throat> So the first thing that I recommend to a lot of my clients is a habits tracker. And why habits tracker? Because 30-second habits can change your life. And personally, I use an app called Momentum. And you know, a lot, a lot of people like to do handwriting, but it's amazing to see something tracked on an app. I, I was reluctant to track things, but I, the more I start tracking, I can see the data that makes me feel successful. Yeah. And then you see where the triggers are that make you fall off your habits. So one thing that makes me tra- fall off habits are when I travel. So if I'm traveling or I'm going to, say, swim meets with my kids and I start falling off, I start seeing, okay, I am being triggered that I don't seemingly have enough time. So I'm not on my regular schedule and I find that it's so easy to fall off your habits. And the fascinating part is three days go by so quickly and then you don't even realize, oh wow, I haven't done something in three days and this is one of my prime habits that I want to keep going. So when I noticed that in my app, so I'm starting to see the pattern then I started making sure that if I'm traveling, I'm extra diligent. And you don't know this until you actually see the data sitting there in front of you. And because your mind will go, okay, you know, I'm, I'm really good at this. I'm very, very good at this. And then you look at this little app and they go, oh, you haven't done it in seven days. And how quickly your habit that you'd had for like three months can f- go away in you just stop doing it and then that's how you, you can actually see like, oh, at this time of the year, I'm, I've stopped doing it and this is how I fell off. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to know more. Like, I really like the idea of an app that kind of keeps you accountable and you can see your progress. But I think even more than that, can you talk a little bit about <clears throat> 
cultivating like a brand new habit. Like for instance, I try to work out three or four times a week and I'm so inconsistent with the times that I do it that I think that the times that I don't do it are because of the inconsistency. So do you have tips for someone that may want to like, let's say that I want to, I want to try to get up every day at, you know, 6am and go to the gym for an hour, but I love to sleep in. Like, how do you cultivate a new habit, I guess? Well, for people who like walking, for example, let's just say you wanted to walk and you didn't feel like you had enough time. So one of the easiest things I'll say to somebody is, do you think you can walk for 30 seconds? And then they go, yeah, I could probably handle 30 seconds. Literally, that's all it takes. So you go, okay, I can do 30 seconds. So you did 30 seconds. Check it off. You're done. And that's the easiest way to do it is make it so easy that you can feel successful. And the, the fact of it is if you only did 30 seconds, you'd do more than 30 seconds because 30 seconds is pretty easy. And then, you know, maybe you're doing a minute now and maybe you're doing five minutes because nobody can ever do 30 seconds, but you got to trick the mind to do it for 30 seconds. (laughs) Totally. I like that idea actually, because it is, you're right. It is about tricking your mind. Um, And how many days is 21 days to create a new habit? They say it's 21 days to create a habit. But now that I've been tracking, it's, it's so easy to fall off even your best habits. Totally. And that's why, coming back to it again and again to look at the data and going, wow, look, I, I've, for example, I try to do yoga six to seven times a, a week and I don't always get it, but that's my goal. And when I go away traveling, it's so easy to see that I'm not doing yoga and beginning to see the effects of not doing some of the habits that have been there for two, three years, but it's that they can fall off that quickly. And so, and then you notice, okay, now I got to get back on because uh, I don't like to see, like the app actually has this one thing that you can see it, you know, if you do it, you, you get a green and if you don't do it, it's a sort of a gray box. And so you want to see them lit up with green and what happens is I can't tell you how fast life is moving. It's moving so quickly that seven days will go by and maybe it didn't work out. Yeah, and, totally. And you're wondering like, wow, how did this happen? And you just have to keep looking at, oh boy, I better better schedule that one back in. And I'm talking about a habit that's been ingrained for two years you can quickly see it go away. And so this is where people are struggling. Well, you know, 21 days and I'm on. Actually, it's 21 days and a forever mindset. Totally, totally. All right, we're talking about tips for cultivating a healthy body, mind, and spirit. And tip number one was habits, having a habit, and then obviously... The next subject is a habit of gratitude. Love it. And that should be on everybody's list because if you can do five, ten things that you're grateful for every day, it will it will change your life and it'll change your outlook on everything. So it's a habit. Gratitude's a habit. It's not a and a and a choice. And it will change your perspective on how you see things in life in general. So if you can sit there and go, oh I'm grateful for being alive. I'm grateful for the sun coming out. I'm grateful for the water that I drink. I'm grateful for my body. They sound so simple. But when those things are taken away, you really begin to realize how much they uh, are a part of your life. And why not be grateful for them now while you have it and keep building 
on that gratitude so you can have more of what you really want in life. So one of the things that I do with clients is when you're angry about something, and we all get angry, and I like to address anger because to not address it is to just suppress it. So we all have a shadow self and a, and a dark side, but so let's acknowledge it and let's just write it. So one of the, the things that we do is, well, what do you, is there anything that you might be angry or perturbed or disturbed about anything? I think I'm angry about how, I think we talked about this actually in your last episode, but I think I'm angry about how I approach love and dating Uh-huh. Uh, because I tend to do it like recklessly and without a lot of patience. Okay, perfect. So look, so let's write that down. I am angry that I'm reckless and impatient. All right, great. If you write that down, now, where do you feel it in your body? Probably in my chest. Great. So the, the reason why I always ask about where you feel it in your body, because the anger, emotions, the mind, and the body, and the spirit are all connected. So you need to feel this in your body because it's not a separate thing. It's where our diseases come from. Okay, so great, it's in your chest. Now, let's just rewrite that one sentence. Instead of saying, I am angry about being reckless and impatient, say, I am grateful. Just change the word. Now write it down. I am grateful for being reckless and impatient. That's so interesting because as you, when you asked me where I felt it, and I, I, I said my chest, and I was literally like almost hard to breathe mm-hmm. for a second, like when I suggested that. Mm-hmm. And then I just felt this weird release after thinking that I was grateful for that. Yeah. That's crazy. So where did you feel it in your body when I said, I am grateful for, did it move? No, or? it was in the same place, but I could just breathe better. <laughs> yeah. And so, and that's, it's so simple, right? And you just, and it's just changing your mindset. And that's why I keep saying it's a habit. Gratitude is a habit and a choice. We can always look at the dark side and it's very easy to look at what you're angry about and everybody should just, we should acknowledge our anger. We do not want to suppress that. Write it down. Writing is the most amazing thing that will keep your mind clear, so you write all it down, and then you just change it to, I had a client who was uh, mad about his performance in, in athletics, and he said, I'm angry that I didn't make my personal best, or I'm angry that I got beat by a certain person. And we changed it to, I am grateful I did not get my personal best. I'm grateful I got beat by this other person. And what happened was he said to me, I feel like I'm lying. Yeah. And I said, okay, great. Do it again. Say it again. And he said it again. And he started changing his mindset. You can't help but feel different just by saying the word, I am grateful. Even if it feels like you're lying, you're still changing. So I think the idea behind that is that sometimes the reason that we – are so unhappy is because we suppress things and you're suggesting to actually bring those things to the surface with an element of gratitude. Yeah. Because what are we learning from those experiences? So then the next thing to do, there's a guy named John, Noah St. John, and he does affirmations instead of affirmations. Yeah. I've heard of these. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So instead of saying, 
I am fat or I'm angry, you know, like instead of saying those things, he, he will go into the positive. Why, why is my body beautiful? Why is my body in perfect shape? And instead of saying I am beautiful or I'm, my body is in beautiful shape, he, he is engaging the mind because the mind is like a computer. And the computer will help you figure out whatever you're thinking about. So if you're thinking about I am fat, it will continue to help you figure out why you're fat. But if you say why are you beautiful, why is my body beautiful, it'll, your mind will find ways to find why your body is beautiful. So I have to tell you a quick story about these affirmations. Um, I actually learned about them probably about a year and a half ago. And I was at a place in my life where I was very kind of disenchanted with the way things were going and just not my best productive self. And I discovered these affirmations. And what you're describing is absolutely true. The mind is a computer. And asking. what I've learned about life is that it's all about asking the right questions, whether it's in a conversation with someone else, whether it's a conversation with yourself. And the reason these affirmations work, and I'm going to put links to all this in the show notes because like the, the activity tracking app um, and the book affirmations, I think, are both very critical, vital things to use. But what I learned doing these affirmations is I started to ask myself, what are you unhappy about? And let's rewrite the question you're asking yourself about that thing. And so it, for me, it became, why am I so, why do I have a job that I love so much was one of the questions. Cause at the time I did not have a job that I liked at all. And I started asking myself, why do you have a job that you love so much? Why does your employer respect you so much? Why do you make more money than you've ever made before? And your mind can't help but come up with reasons why those things are happening in your life and then they happen in your life. Do you think that kind of sums up the concept? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's why it's almost like when you ask a question like that, you're already grateful for already happening. And then your yep. mind is already finding ways to, to make that happen for you. It's the mind is 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 fascinating. Yeah. It's a powerful, the most powerful computer ever out there, and we're not using it to its fullest potential. The other thing I would say with gratitude in particular is that um, it is one of the easiest habits I think to cultivate. I try to do it five things in the morning, five things before I go to bed, uh, because I think you should start and end your day. How you start and end your day is how you will then again start and end your day. Um, but I think that it's so easy to just buy a notebook today. You could even use your smartphone, right? You could just type in five things that I'm grateful for. And I do think specificity is critical because, yes, it's great to say, you know, I'm glad to be alive today or I'm grateful for, you know, my mom or my best friend. But I think it's even important to take that a step further and say, why? I'm grateful for my best friend because they were there to support me through this thing that I went through today. Or you know what I'm saying? The more the more specific you can be, I think the more impactful it is in your mind and it's easier to feel it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Number 3, living your life is this every day is your last day. And uh, I was going to tell I told the story already about my work on Pleasantville and uh, how how sudden accidents can really jolt you into planning your life in a different way and what you value. And this is one exercise from an infographic that I got um, online and it was so stunning to me to to realize how short our lives are. So uh, if you guys are not driving and listening to this, take out a piece of paper 
and just think how long do you plan on living? Personally, I plan on living to about 150, but most people, let's just say we're extending our lives and the age, people are living to about 90 pretty easily now. And so if you were to take a piece of paper, mark it up with little dots or little X's and just put down how many, 90 years, it actually would take, a, it would be a small square, it wouldn't be that big. And then if you were to expand that out to the number of weeks in the year, it still would only – it would still fit out on a piece of paper. It would be very tight, but it would be on a piece of paper. And what you see is there is your life, <laughs> 90 years on little check marks, little circles. That's your life. And it's not amorphous. It's real when you see it on paper. And working with some clients who have had – serious illnesses. You get a different perspective on life. They like let's not wait for the wake up call, right? Why why are we sitting around waiting for some bad thing to happen for us to wake up? Let's wake up now. Let's enjoy and savor every moment now. And it, it changes the way you look at life. So in this one infographic he was talking about uh, I've got to, I don't know if I can find this for you, but the, the infographic basically had this thing. He was only 30 some odd years old and he had basically charted out his life and 93% of his life with his parents was done by the time he was 18. Because he lived in a different city, he would only see his parents. He just sort of averaged it out for the next, you know, maybe like a few, t- couple times a year, maybe four or five days at a time. He said, and then his parents were only going to live till 80 years. So then he basically said, I have pretty much, you know, 35 days left with my parents. I think I saw this and I, I remember feeling so intensely because it was like, oh my gosh, like, because it talks about how much you see your parents like early in life versus later in life and how yeah. you really only have a matter of days left as opposed to like weeks and months and years. And, and we don't think about this. We totally. take life for granted. And when you get to see this out in paper, you go, oh, my goodness. Like, what is important to me? Because really, if you're on your deathbed, you're not going to go, I wish I spent another day in the office, right? You want to be with your friends. You want to be with your family. You want to know that you've given and served the world and the people around you. Those are the things that are meaningful. So what are you doing that's meaningful every day and how are you touching them? So I love this a lot, but I guess the the, the thing that immediately comes to mind for me, because I've actually heard that exact statement before, well, on my deathbed, I'm not going to have wanted to spend an extra day in the office, but what do you do if you have to go to the office today? You know what I'm saying? Because like, I think it's great to think very lofty and like, oh, well, you know, it'd be great to take a vacation with my family next week. But for a lot of people that isn't you know, very realistic. So right? it, well, how do you we're, reconcile we're, those things? Well, let's, because we're in an age where we can do communication so easily, a phone yeah. call. Sometimes I, I, I was hearing a story about this person who had called their grandmother out of the blue. And she said, you have made my year from their wow. grandson, wow. from just talking to her. Like we don't under we underestimate how much our voices, our touch, our connection is 
is so, that exchange of energy and love is critical to our being. And we don't do enough of it. <laughs> so, right. that's very yeah. true. And so I mean, you want to live every day. So if you're going in the office, it doesn't take much to call a family member or a friend and just say hello. It couldn't, doesn't take more than a minute or two to know that you care and, and that you are still in their lives. I would challenge anybody listening right now to at some point today, whether you're driving to work, driving home from work, um, it's on the weekend, stop what you're doing and call somebody that you care about. The other day... I actually received an old phone call out of the blue from a friend. And, and it's so weird that we live in this world today where whenever I get a phone call from someone, I immediately like default to panic because I'm just like, oh, oh my God, something's wrong. Like if my friend was just like, yeah, I'm just calling to say hi, see how you're doing. And it was so, it was so weird at first, but it was so cool. And I'm so glad that we had even that like 10 minute conversation. Um, and I think that like there is definitely something to making a phone call and hearing someone's voice and Really, because there's an authenticity and a sincerity that comes with that, actually wanting to see how someone is doing, right? Yeah. And even sending a note. I mean, somebody sent me a note the other day, handwritten. My husband started sending notes out. It's so old school. We all stopped doing it. But yeah. it's it's lovely because you you can express yourself in a very different way. And the touch, it's it's a different kind of touch, but it's still a touch. Totally. So reach out. Touch people because it's... Life is shorter than you think. When I was 20, my mom said, you're going to be 30 next year. And I was so mad at her. But now that <laughs> I'm in my 40s, I understand the metaphor. Uh, she was providing wisdom. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it really is true. As someone, I'm in my late 30s, and I definitely feel like I was still 19 yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you realize how fast. Like, it's just it's such a cliche until you experience it, right? Because you're always told, like, oh, you're going to go up so fast. You're going to be 30 tomorrow, you know, whatever. And it's it's really true. I promise you. It goes by in a blink. Yeah. All right. And then that brings us to the next one is welcome change. Embrace it. And uh, I have to say that it's funny because I think I was in my 20s, and I remember when I think it was Quicken or something, kept changing their their format and their UI, the, <laughs> the way it looked, and, and it drove me nuts because once I got used to it, they were changing it around. And then one day I just said, you know what? I'm going to either fight this or accept it. And so I decided I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to welcome the change. And now what I do is I even purposely change things up. I get my routine together, and then once it's solid, I break it up. And I do that to keep myself vibrant and alive. There's a lot of studies about neuroplasticity. I mean, you remember that old term, like old dogs can't learn new tricks? Well, we know yes. it's, it's totally wrong. Yes. First of all, old dogs can learn new tricks, and so can humans. So uh, we are more neuroplast. There's more neuroplasticity, and they're doing more and more research that that old thinking is absolutely wrong. And that if you want to stay young, because I plan to live to 150, that we are going to have to continue to keep upgrading our own software. And I think routines tend to age us. We don't want to be those you know, elderly people that do things exactly the same way every single time because it's easy. Totally. I think it's so funny that you use the software analogy because you have to look no further than like Instagram to see how people 
do not embrace or welcome change. They change their icon um, and their their interface probably about a month, a couple, few weeks ago now. And I remember, like, I woke up that day, like, my software updated, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, Instagram has a new icon. And then, you know, you open the app, and it looks different. You're like, oh, wow, this is, like, refreshing. I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming this change. It's really cool. And then, like, throughout the day, like, I read a lot of tech blogs and whatnot. You would think that people were told that, like, their best friend had died. Like, there was <laughs> such an angry backlash to, like, software changing its aesthetic. And I'm just like, wow, is that the world that we live in today where, like, this is so important to people? And it's because people don't like change. It's so interesting. Right. Well, because as as beings, we we like routine. They give us our brains are actually geared to finding patterns. Sure. But at the same time, we have to continue to change the patterns. Do you think as babies they're going, Oh, it's only this way. Otherwise I can't do this? They're not thinking like that. They're just out there being wide-eyed and wonderful looking at the world, we need to continue to be like that wide-eyed awe, change and adapt as much as we can. Otherwise, uh, we're going to age. We're going to age really fast. And if, if you go into old folks' homes, you just find people who are just stuck. And if you want to think outside the lines, as your podcast is saying, we got to keep moving. We got to make different combinations. Some of the things that I do is like if I go to a locker at a gym, I'll switch up the locker. I won't go to the same locker every single time. I'll switch it up. Sometimes it drives my mind crazy because I want to be in habit mode. I want to go to the same locker. I want to I'll even change the combination just to uh, make myself a little bit, uh, you know, keep it wild and crazy. Otherwise, then you get stuck and I can't remember things. And it's it's not a good way to uh, stay young and healthy. And Could not agree more. All right, we're about halfway through. I want to do a quick recap. We've got track your habits, gratitude, live every day as if it's the last, embrace and welcome change. And number five is actually my favorite. Yeah, so- when I work with clients, most times, actually most people's problems is they don't think they're good enough. And you're comparing yourself to other people all the time. And the simplest way to conquer that is to say, I am enough. I'm going to say it again. I am enough. And I would encourage you, to, if, if you're listening right now, to say that out loud to yourself like 10 times because – there is a freedom and something amazing happens when you say it out loud. Yeah. And and one of the, the ideas that I have is write it down everywhere. In your car, on your window, on your mirror, on your, you know, above your bed. Say it, see it, and you feel it in your body. <laughs> you want to feel that in your body. Because once you feel I am enough and you try that set of clothing on, because most of us run around going, I'm not good enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not wealthy enough, I'm not whatever, you're not enough. And it's not even things you're necessarily saying to yourself, right? It's like mental loops that you're just repeating even unconsciously throughout the day. Yeah. It's literally everybody's problem. I'm not good enough. And it stops us. It stops us from being fulfilled human beings. It stops us from going to do things that you would never try because you don't feel like you're good enough. And it's probably, I think, one of the biggest diseases around. I 
that you're not good enough. And so write it everywhere. So there's actually a book that I'm reading right now. um, And I'll put the link in the show notes. I encourage everybody listening. It's a really quick read. Um, It's called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. Have you heard of this book, Wilma? Yeah, I have. Oh, God. It's, It's so, it's like simple and profound, but it's so good. And it touches upon this. Yeah. So simple thing to do and then see, watch, watch how your life changes. And it's very subtle. It's not like, boom, one day you've convinced yourself I am enough, but little things will begin to happen in your life where I think you're taking a little bit more courage and steps into places that you may not have gone to before. So simple thing to do, just put it everywhere around you. And just uh, people will think you're crazy and you're going to think you're crazy and you're going to say it doesn't work. And then you might admit, even if you just go ahead and do it anyway and then see what happens, because I guarantee you stuff will start changing in your life. And and the, the part that, you know, when I work with clients, they don't often track how much they've changed, but I can see totally. from when they began to when they end. Uh, their growth so definitely journal if you can like because otherwise you people forget they forget they used to be a certain way they forget they used to have certain you know allergies they forget they forget they were sick (laughs) totally you're right yeah and we start to take life for granted yeah and that leads me to the next one completely healed when people are sick uh, sometimes we don't heal quickly and, and they struggle. But one of the things that you have to, in, in the mind, say to yourself is completely healed. And particularly if you've got a bigger disease going on, but let's just say even if you have a cold, just take the time as you're sitting there with your cold going completely healed, completely healed, and just feeling what it's like to not have the cold. Remember what it's like to not have the cold and feel that in your body as if you're already completely healed. It's a simple mind trick, but it's talking to your body and telling it it's already completely healed. And then just feel it in your body because you basically want to reverse engineer the feelings and actions of being completely healed. Now, for a cold, people don't really take that so seriously because they pretty much expect themselves to get better. But when it comes to like chronic diseases, um, some bigger stuff like cancer or things like that, uh, you want to imagine, for example, if you had cancer or someone you know that has cancer, and and you kind of have to be careful. Sometimes people aren't in the frame of mind for this, but – uh, cancer, you could say, okay, so what it, would it be like if the doctor suddenly told you you were cancer-free? And you got to play this visualization game with people. And they go, wow, like this is what I would feel. I would feel this joy. I would feel this complete relief. I would feel this um, overwhelming gratitude. And then I said, okay, so feel it now. And then reverse engineer what it would be like and what actions you would take if you already felt healed and joyous and grateful. Feel all of that now. And then, then miracles can happen. And it doesn't matter if it's a 
cancer or a broken bone or a chronic disease. I'm not saying it happens overnight either, but it's a mindset. It's a mindset of feeling like it's completely done with the emotions that go with that. That's the important key. You can't just do this from the mind. This is a mind, body, spirit. You got to do it with your heart. You've got to do with the idea that I'm already completely healed. And these are the emotions that I feel when I am completely healed. And then move from there. I love this so much because of the visualization element to it. Um, This is applicable with anything in someone's life, right? So in this situation, you're speaking about an illness, but you could be speaking even about maybe a mental illness like depression or, you know, anything else that's going on in your life that you want to resolve. Picture it as if it's already resolved. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the visualization of having a doctor, because for a lot of people, doctors are the authority or find some authority figure that might like say to you, you're completely healed or, you, you know, here's your your brand new job. Um, like, like whatever it is that you're actually wanting to happen in life. I just happen to use completely healed because I, I like to address physical pain and body for, but, but it certainly could be used for like, for manifesting whatever you want. It's the emotion. You have to add in the emotion of already completing it. That's the, the, the trick for a lot of people. They'll say, I want $10,000, but they don't know what it feels like to have ten thousand dollars already in the bank. So then you've got to imagine someone like we say, okay, maybe you won ten thousand dollars, or you know, or the bank teller is saying, hey, you've got ten thousand dollars in your bank account. Now, how do you feel? It's playing it to the next level with emotions. Do you feel grateful for the ten thousand dollars? Do you feel excited? Do you feel smug? I mean, I don't know what it's going <laughs> to feel like for you, but. But that level of emotion has to accompany the, the affirmation, the visualization, all of that. And the Both. belief. Believe and you shall receive, right? Right. But belief with emotion at the yeah. same time. That's the key that I think a lot of people are missing. Love it. All right. So this last one is pretty cool. And I will tell you, I'll let you say what it is, but then I have my own theory. All right. I I like to talk about hanging out with people in different age ranges. When I was 18, I hung out with 36-year-olds and 60-year-olds. And now that I'm in my 40s, I'm hanging out with children, teenagers, 20-year-olds, 90-year-olds, you know, 80-year-olds, and I love it because it gives you such a different perspective on life and it gets you out of the rut. And gives you wisdom. You get wisdom from little kids to 90-year-olds. They they all have their own way of dealing with the world. And they have something to teach you. That Laird Hamilton apparently hangs out with an 83-year-old. Why? Well, because he wants to live to an old age, vibrant and healthy. And this man is still living that. He's a great role model of living to 83 and still surfing and still having a ripped body and if that's what your goal is in life go find people that are already doing it and for him as an 83 year old the the older man he's using Laird Hamilton as his role model since most of his friends have passed away so he's using a 40 year old as his his role model do whatever you want that makes you uh, feel like somebody's living the way you want to be living. And then also for me, why I'm hanging out with 20 year olds is I like to mentor 
people younger than me because I remember being in my 20s wanting a 40-year-old to mentor me. And so now I'm paying it forward by helping 20-year-olds with the wisdom that I have and helping them along. And hopefully when they're 40, they'll be helping 20-year-olds do their thing. It's, it's, it's a tough time for when you're in your 20s, you are in a sense, probably, uh, like when you're in your teenage years, everything's pretty much prescribed. You know, you're in school, you know, you go to college, it's done. Like that's all prescribed. And then you come out of school and you're like, what do I do with my life? And now you're free, but you've lost all your structure and now you got to kind of do it yourself. It was probably to me the hardest uh, decade in all my life. Totally. I I could not agree more with that. Uh, So I'm always, I've always been of the belief that age is just a number. Um, I know that's also like a cliche that you hear tossed around a lot, but I believe it's true. And for me, I think, like I said, I'm in my late 30s and I've always, I've never felt like I've grown up. I've always felt like I'm still 19, 20 years old. Um, And I think that there is something to be said for hanging out. Like most of my friends are probably like late 20s, early 30s. Spending time with people that are younger than you keeps you in that young mindset, right? But just as important, you know, to your point is making sure that you receive that wisdom from people that are even older than you that have been there because much of the rules are the same across the board. And so if you've experienced something in your 40s, like I'm probably going to experience that thing too, right? And so it's just so helpful to to have those people in your life with that wisdom and that can help you on the path that is this crazy thing called life, right? Right. And and then keeping a growth mindset, like always learning, 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 learning. That keeps you young. Yes. You're constantly growing. Could There's a great more. book by uh, Carol Dweck, Growth Mindset, and it talks about how um, instead of a, a static mindset, have a growth mindset in learning and know that all everything that's considered a failure is actually growth and that we should embrace all of that. And I, my grandmother was 103 when she passed away, but she was continuing to read, to learn English better, to uh, she, and walk and do everything she could to keep learning. And that was my role model. And, and I plan on living past 103, past up to 150, and, and I hope you guys will join me. Yes, me too. All right, just want to do a quick recap. So... We have our top tips for cultivating a healthy mind, body, and spirit. Number one, track your habits. Number two, practice gratitude. Number three, live as if every day is the last day. Number four, embrace and welcome change. Number five, remember that you're enough uh, and say that you're enough. Uh, Number six, completely healed. I think that speaks for itself. I love it. Um, And number seven, hang out with people of different age ranges. Good, good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Wilma, for joining us today. Um, I think this is this is really good stuff. Um, as always, you provide a lot of insight. Uh, remind us where we can connect with you if you want to get in touch. I'm at wilmawong.com. And uh, I'm, I'll set it up, but if you contact me, I will send you a affirmations for success that uh, I kind of did with some music and it's only about 90 seconds long, but it's my gift to you if you uh, want to try out some affirmations to see how it changes your life. Love it. Wilma, thank you so much for joining us. Um, You're welcome back on the show. Anytime you have something you want to talk about, uh, I think there's always great value in our conversations. Thanks, Sean. 
All right. I'd like to thank you so much for listening today. Now, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as it's the best way to discover new episodes of the show. And please be sure to share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from hearing it. Now, you can find the links for everything we talk about in the show notes, in addition to coaching services and so much more. Just head over to thinkoutsidethelines.com. And feel free to drop me a line with any questions or feedback you have on the show. You can send an email anytime to hello at thinkoutsidethelines.com. Until next time, go out there and pursue your passion today, because the best way to predict the future is to create it. For more information, please visit thinkoutsidethelines.com.